Previously on The J Luck Club. Dalbat. In July of 2000, after spending three amazing years living in Japan, I overstuffed a large backpack and set off to wander around Asia. My initial plan was to travel until the money ran out. Dalbat. Ladies and gentlemen, due to a technical difficulty, the music of Bobby Hennebury and Chord Savvy will have to wait. But for now, <clears throat> I give you. Imagine a song about my knees, please. Imagine a song about my knees. Dalbat. Realizing the importance of, you know, those important people in your life and, and Ava as well, but I'm talking to you here. Yeah, I say I, Ava's not on this podcast. No, 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 stop. This is my last episode. I can't just do a previously on thing. I mean, it's kind of a cop out, just recycling old content. I mean, sure, it helps prime the audience of key memories and points, you know, kind of inducing nostalgia, and it can also be a great device if any of the parts from previous episodes relate to something I'm going to mention in this one. But no, 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 I need something new. How do I end this show in a way that does it justice and doesn't disappoint? How do I end it? Oh, I know. How about this? This should not come as a surprise. It's time to summarize to say some rhymes about my times and maybe give some wise advice. Just like the past ones, it's not a fast one. We're at the end, my friends, you know this is the last one. Met up with my good friend Chucky, never been to Thailand, so we bought some clothes, saw ping pong shows, and then we hit the island. On Lanta, we saw Ava, met her friends, some girls and boys, and we got wild on motorcycles, singing classic songs by Poison. Then met Julie, and so we three went to Bangkok for the new year to a drag show. After that, though, we thought, what more can we do here? Wait, no, 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 stop, stop. I didn't stop you. Yeah, I know you didn't. This was my choice. I mean, even though it's a new Let's Review, it's still talking about stuff I've already talked about. I mean, just listen to the old episodes. Re-listen to them. There's some good stuff in there. Annapurna Palooza, The Grenade Story, Goodnight Cowsand Road. There's a lot of good stuff. Hmm. Well, what about some extras? What about stuff that didn't make it in? Ooh, that song about me hurting my knees? Due to some technical difficulties, th that song didn't get finished, and I just don't feel right about sharing it with the world until it's in a full and complete state. Hmm. Oh, I know. In episode 14, check it out. I told you about Chuck and I getting together in Bangkok, heading down to Koh to see Ava, but I didn't include Ava in that conversation. And really, it might be good to hear her side of the story. You know, have a deep conversation where she can share vivid memories and detailed recollection of all of our time together. I mean, that right there would be great. New information, new perspective. And again, I need to give Ava a voice in this. I'm sure she's got a lot to say about our time in Atlanta. I have started recording. Okay. But just understand, oh, no pressure. Thank you. Can, anything you say, hey, don't worry, edit that out. We'll cut it out later. It's fine. And you're under no obligation to answer any questions. Uh, 
This is not a legal proceeding. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm, of course, excited to catch up with you. So the first thing, as I said, is I'm remembering and reliving the story of my journey post-Japan for the year on the road. And so I'm also curious to see what kind of things you may remember. And notice I said may remember because I'm aware. (laughs) And of course, I have the advantage of as I was doing this whole series, I'm looking through Mm -hmm. my emails that I sent out, my journal writing. So my memory's already primed about some details of my entire trip that you may not have Mm -hmm. the benefit of. But I am curious, do you remember Mm -hmm. that after we left Japan, Uh it was somewhere around Christmas time, and I came to visit you while you were in the island of Koh Lanta? I do not remember. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fantastic. Great chat. (laughs) It's somehow familiar. And so I have a feeling you'll be able to help jog my memory. I I could probably do that. Once I get over the hurt feelings that what this wasn't the most monumental (laughs) memory of. In all honesty, a bit of that, those couple years I was in Atlanta are a bit of a (laughs) blur. Well, maybe I should have backed it up. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you remember me at all? Do you remember any of our times together? Oh, Jay, I have some very fond memories of us in Japan. I do indeed. Well, that is good. Uh, well, we'll come back to that for sure. Uh, since maybe you can speak more to it. But um, so I will. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Maybe I'll just stop stressing out about how to end the show and just focus on actually starting the show. Welcome back to all of you great members of the J-Luck Club, presented always and forever by Honey Roasted T-Shirts. Don't choke up. I told myself I wouldn't cry. I'll confess there were moments when I was preparing this episode where I did get a bit emotional looking back on this journey. I don't just mean my journey of 20 years ago, but this travel journal podcast journey that you have been so generous enough to join me on. But there's no need to mourn the end of this journey. The subject line of my final email was, Is this the end? Spoiler alert, it's not. But more on that later. As you know, the J-Luck Club podcast episodes are available at thejluckclubpodcast.com. But you can also find us at Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow, subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I also encourage you to head on over to honeyroastedtshirts.com. For the final exam, there are three things you should know about Honey Roasted T-Shirts. Number one, the J-Luck Club podcast is presented always by Honey Roasted T-Shirts. Number two, Honey Roasted T-Shirts. They don't make T-Shirts, but if they did, they'd be Honey Roasted. And number three, you can check out the emails, pictures, and some extras at HoneyRoastedT-Shirts.com, as well as check out other projects beyond this podcast. For extra credit, you can also visit the Honey Roasted T-Shirt store and buy some J-Luck Club souvenirs, postcards, stickers, magnets, pins, and even a membership welcome kit. That's right, get your official J-Luck Club podcast souvenirs to remember this journey and support the show. Let's keep in touch, shall we? 
You can follow both the JLUC Club podcast and Honey Roasted T-shirts on Instagram. And you can also head on over to Honey Roasted T-shirts to subscribe to the mailing list. This trip may be over, but I swear I'm not going to wait 20 years to get back in touch with all of you, great members of the JLUC Club. Wow, congratulations. We did it. We made it. We are here at the last email, the end of the trip. In our last episode, and by that I mean last as in previous, after a heartfelt decades-old apology to Matt Dillon, note, as of this recording, Matt has not yet responded to my message. He's still a little hurt and bitter, I'm sure. Well, that's on me. Anyway, I told you about my time in northern Thailand and Laos, reuniting with Justin and Dan, getting soaked in the Songkran Festival, and despite my attempt to be a fast-moving, rapid-fire vacationing tourist in Laos, every place I visited took hold and I just had to slow down and soak it all in. In our last episode, and this time by that I mean last as in final, I talk about my final three weeks in Thailand. So, one last time, let's listen to the words of the J of 20 years ago. I take you now to where it all began, an internet cafe in Bangkok, Thailand. Sunday, May 27, 2001. From Jay Schneider to the J Luck Club. Subject Is this the end? Spoiler alert, it's not. I had a bit of a hammock mishap. I know, I know, it's an overdone scene, a tired tale. I'm sure you've all witnessed the man versus hammock battle countless times, if not in person, then on TV, probably involving John Ritter. But my injury did not come from my ineptitude at proper hammock mounting. On the contrary, I believe I am quite experienced and skilled in the ways of the swinging net cradle, uh, as the scholarly like to call it. I even have one of my own. I've never actually used it, mind you, but that's not the point. Or maybe it is, considering if I had set up my own hammock, I may not be wasting your time with this little blurb now. See, each time I've reached a beach bungalow, a riverside balcony, or a mountain cottage which just screams, set up your hammock and lay in it all day long, there's always already been a hammock in place. Upon finding a suitable bungalow on the island of Kopangyang, I again found a hammock ready and waiting for me on the porch. But this hammock was a good four feet off the ground, and nothing around to step up on or hold on to and assist my mounting. After attempting a variety of methods, I finally found a way that, while a bit awkward, as it did resemble an Olympic gymnastics routine, I seemed to find successful reaching as high up on the rope end of the hammock as I could with my right hand, then placing my left hand on the bunched-up hammock-to-be part, I kicked my right leg up and over so that I landed on the hammock. At this point, it's essentially just a thick rope. And quickly, I had all my four points on a single line. This not being a very stable position, I immediately used my feet to spread out the netting and begin to create a stable cradle. During this bit, my right arm is still awkwardly stretched out above and behind me, the only secure hold I have, but not a balanced one at all. Once my feet have made a bit of a cradle, it's necessary to use my hands to further stretch the hammock out to achieve a proper resting place. This is a critical time in which I'm essentially just sitting on a thick rope, but I must let go with my anchor arm, my right, and very steadily use both hands to finish the job. 
There's a move I did which would have made my high school wrestling coach proud, where I bridge up on my neck, raise my bum in the air so I can spread the hammock with my hands. It was really cool. Anyway, for a few moments, perfect balance is required. And though I'd done this successfully a number of times, I guess I thought I'd gotten this part down and was a little bit cocky and whoomp, soon on the ground was I. My hands broke the fall, and before I hit the ground, my instincts took over and prioritized the situation. First, did anyone see me? My second concern was my left leg, still in the hammock, toes entangled in the net. No pain or problem as I lay face down, but not being as flexible as I was in my martial arts days, I'm not sure that when I try to stand up, my hamstring will appreciate it. I was able to stand up without problem. No small task standing up on one leg. Freed my toes from their captor, released my leg, and flashed the OK sign and a smile to the Thai girl who witnessed the whole thing. It wasn't until later that I noticed the red marks on my arm. At first I thought it was a stain, but they wouldn't rub off, and it appeared some sort of slight bruising, probably some broken capillaries as my arm scraped off the hammock. While eating dinner, a German guy asked me about my arm. What's that? Oh, this? It's uh, <laughs> a hammock hickey. End of story. So here I am in Bangkok, enjoying the final hours of my Asian adventure and sending out to you my final update. It's a lot of pressure, really, and I've been fretting for weeks now on how to wrap this all up. I feel it's a bit like the final Seinfeld episode or Beverly Hills 90210, and your expectations may lead to disappointment. I thought about going for a highlights collage of the past 10 months, accompanied by nostalgic music, of course, to add tears to your smiles, and it all be in slow motion. But I'm sure you've all reread each installment countless times already, and I think you deserve something new. Another option would be to give you outtakes and bits that didn't make the final cut. Like that wild and crazy night I stayed in my room and played solitaire all by myself, for example. But I should keep some things private, lest the authorities find out. And I need to have some stories left to tell in years to come, without you cutting me off to say, Jay, you already told us about that time in Dharamsala when you ate something bad and puked all over yourself as you walked home. Then there's the bloopers option. For example, when writing about my hatred of donut-stealing monkeys, Beware the Monkeys, India, December 2000, I accidentally typed monkey-stealing donuts. I could also just share some of the lessons I've learned through my experiences here. First of all, don't believe the junk and media our governments would have us believe about roosters crowing at the crack of dawn. I can attest they start way, way, way before there's even a hint of light and go all day long and then some. More like crock-a-doodle-doo if you ask me. But instead, I'll just ramble on for a bit and let's just see where we end up, shall we? As my time, and money, rapidly diminished, I had to carefully consider how to best use my time, and money. From the beginning, my plan, yes, damn it, there's always been a plan, was to spend the final portion of my trip on the islands, doing nothing but, well, being on the islands. The purpose of this idea was twofold. One, it would provide me with a period of reflection, and it would also be an opportunity to look ahead and prepare for my future. Reading up on American culture, perhaps studying from an American English phrasebook. The second fold, huh, is so when I got back to the States and was working in the frozen chicken factory or some other dismal job, I could constantly complain, you know, one week ago I was on an island in Thailand. At any rate, I spent nearly three weeks in the Gulf of Thailand, visiting the islands of Koh Tao, Koh Phangan, and Koh Samui. As I've said, or typed, before, the use of my precious time deserved careful consideration, and unfortunately, time and money constraints meant I often had to choose one thing over another. So some of you may have questioned the decisions I made. Instead of a kayak trip through the beautiful islands of the National Park, I had an eye exam and bought a new pair of glasses. 
I also chose to spend money on tailor-made suits rather than cheap women and booze. And in my final night in Bangkok, rather than catch one last ping-pong show in Pet Pong, I opted to finish this update to you, dear readers. I assure you, all these choices were for the greater good. But it wasn't all serious, being responsible and preparing for the future. Growing up is the term often thrown around. I did the requisite fun in the sun, and rain on occasion, activities. Swimming, snorkeling, hikes to waterfalls, walks on the beach, tending to additional foot wounds, and I've already mentioned my hammock routine. On several occasions, I got my motor running and headed out on the island ways, looking for adventure and whatever came my way, renting a bike to race around the islands and explore. I even got to visit the police station. Apparently, you have to pay a fine if you're not wearing a helmet. <laughs> Who knew? And I finally got certified to dive, taking my paddy open water course and continuing on to the advanced class. Again, I was wise to plan. Yes, this was all part of the plan. My diving stint at the end of my journey. Had I gotten into it months ago, I would have spent the rest of my time, and money, diving. Diving is an unbelievable and incredible experience, and I was introduced to a whole new world. Also, now I can make critical comments when watching movies. Like, it's great the Navy SEALs scubaed their way to the enemy's headquarters, rescued the hostages, and were whisked away safely by airplane, but they really shouldn't fly so soon after diving. Or, hey, James Bond is diving without a buddy. And sometimes, I just sat on the porch of my bungalow and stared out at the sea. It's a beautiful and incredible world we live in, and I never let myself forget that. So I made it back to Bangkok with a couple days to spare, the master plan calling for it. I figured my tattered t-shirts and grimy flip-flops may not get me very far in my life back home. So I needed time to go to the markets and bargain for new t-shirts and flip-flops. And in a totally unexpected and unplanned turn of events, see, my plan is flexible and can accommodate unforeseen happenings, I met up with Julie again. See, beautiful Dutch girl featured in such episodes as Rambo and Room Service, January 01, and The j Club, February 01. We would have about a four-hour window when we'd both be in Bangkok, so we met for some noodle soup at a street-side stall and did some catching up. It was nice, of course, to see my old travel mate, but for me, it also helped make a proper end to my trip, sharing our adventures of the past few months and where our next steps would take us, in addition to exchanging gossip on other travelers and friends we both knew and had run into again. It all made it quite like the final minutes of a movie or TV show, where all the stories are wrapped up and the minor characters are accounted for. And remember Orloff? Well, he finally realized his dream of becoming a cricket herder. My point? While I can't say I've given you a proper sense of closure for my time on the road, I certainly feel ready to roll credits and anxiously await the sequel. It's time to go home. Am I tired of travel? <laughs> no, not at all. I haven't yet been to a country I couldn't easily go back to, though I won't cry if I never see Delhi again. And I could easily spend another ten months visiting these same countries serious consideration now that I have my new glasses. I mean, imagine how great Angkor Wat would look in focus, to say nothing of those erotic temple carvings. And there's so many more countries I want to visit. I could easily fill a lifetime wandering the earth. Too bad that's not possible, right? Well, no, that's not right. It actually is possible. In fact, what I've realized over the past few years, and even more so over these past 10 months, is just how much these things are in fact possible. It's just a matter of deciding what you want. But to travel forever is not what I want. I've got lots more I want to see and do, but there's no worries. There's next time. So why go home? Well, several reasons. For one, I started out on a five-month trip and parlayed it into ten. That's a pretty good deal, I think. 
Oh yeah, and there's, I guess, friends and family I haven't seen in ages and all that stuff. But perhaps the strongest reason I found is remembering what I want out of travel and out of life. In my trip, as in my life, I like challenges, I like adventure, I like exploration, discovery, and keeping things interesting. I've been doing a pretty darn good job of it over the years, but that's no reason for me to rest on my tuffet. Continuing on in Asia or heading towards Africa or South America or so many other places would certainly keep me stimulated and perpetuate my deep living of life. But if I really want a challenge and adventure, if I really want the most bizarre experience in a place that would give me the greatest culture shock, I've got to go home to the USA. So what do I mean by all this, dear readers? The adventures and misadventures are by no means over. Fear not, pets. My Asian chapter may be closing, but the adventures will continue. Thanks for reading my ramblings and sharing my travels with me. I also deeply appreciate all your emails and messages. Please keep in touch and let me know what's going on in your lives. Take care, enjoy life, and stay tuned. J. To be continued, Schneider. Wow, so where to begin? First of all, I make no apologies for the dated references to Seinfeld and Beverly Hills 90210. Those are big deals. Feel free to update them with your own series finale equivalents. During my time on the road, and you may have picked up on this over the course of this series, my emails took more shape and form. The first few were hastily composed stream-of-conscious ramblings, whereas they became more structured, and sometimes very long. I say that because in the final weeks of my trip, while I was seizing every moment of every day, I also had a question burning in the back of my mind. How am I going to wrap this all up in my final email? What was I going to say? How would I capture all of my feelings and emotions and concluding thoughts on the previous year of my life? There was a brief moment where I actually thought about creating a fictional character to meet up with as a plot device to give a sense of a finale, and then, in what was another incredible moment of synchronicity, bam, I got that email from Julie, letting me know she would be in Bangkok on my final day. It's crazy. The very first night of my trip in Bangkok, I ran into people I'd known in Japan, and my very last day in Bangkok, I managed to cross paths with Julie. It was not only good to see her again, but it also provided a great opportunity to catch up, look back on our travels, and give a sense of closure to this chapter of my story. Okay, so at this point, it would have been perfect for me to suddenly cut to a present-day conversation with Julie, a key person in my travels, the co-star of multiple emails, and a voice which you have not yet heard, to say nothing of the parallels of winding up this episode and this whole story similar to how my trip ended 20 years ago with a catch-up chat with Julie? Well, unfortunately that's not happening. But I will take this opportunity to say a bit more about Julie. As I've mentioned a number of times, I've lost touch with most of the amazing people I met during those days. I could blame it on losing all my contacts after abandoning my Excite.com address book, but to be honest, I also just did a horrible job at keeping in touch with lots of people over the years. I also resisted getting sucked into the social media madness for many years, and even people whose emails and numbers I had, well, I don't know. Then again, I guess if I had kept in touch with them, maybe I would have less reason to make this whole podcast. Anyways, I am grateful that I've been able to reconnect with Justin and Dan and Ava. Sadly, no luck with the Swiss couple. Of course, Julie and I also lost touch over the years. 
When we'd met, she had a personal website and she'd updated with her travel adventures. So a few times over the years, I checked in on her website and found that she had settled in various places in Asia, living and working. You may remember that when I met Julie, she had been working in the information technology field. And of course, she's from the Netherlands. As chance would have it, all these years later, I found myself employed by a Dutch information technology company. So each time I flew to the Netherlands for work, it made me chuckle to think I'd landed in a spot where Julie had left at the time I had met her. Preparing for one of these trips a few years ago, I decided to look her up. According to her personal website, she was living in Vietnam and had just successfully adopted a little girl. I tracked down an email address. Her old emails no longer worked. I reached out, and we were able to exchange emails. I was excited to tell her that I was now working for a Dutch company and that I visited Holland often, and in fact I'd be taking one of my many trips to Amsterdam the following week. I also congratulated her on her motherhood journey. She said I should visit, and I said, of course, I love the idea of someday reuniting with her in Vietnam. I mean, how great would that be to meet up once again in Asia someday? Then she clarified. See, the week prior, she had just moved back to Rotterdam as she planned to settle and raise her daughter in Holland. So long story short, not only did I see Julie again in person the following week, I now see Julie regularly a few times a year whenever I'm in the country. So yeah, we did try to find a time to record a conversation remotely, but our respective schedules got a bit hectic and, you know what, doesn't matter. I'll just wait till the next time I see her in person. Also, I have to talk about something that the Jay of 20 years ago wrote. He, I'm, I mean, I... I we made a comment that to travel the world forever is not what I want. Yeah, I absolutely need to clarify that because I know even the Jay of 20 years ago didn't exactly mean that. What I meant is that throughout all my travels, what I'd learned is that simply going to another location, getting on a plane, boat, train to some other part of the world, isn't in itself the goal. I did learn that I could stay on the road and travel forever, but the actual act of travel was not itself the goal. I mean, I saw plenty of people who were traveling merely as a, as a distraction from life or some kind of avoidance or escape. I didn't want to escape from life. I wanted to live life. Going to different countries is not literally the goal. It was just a means to achieve my goals. The real goals were to learn, to be curious, to have adventure, to be open, to be challenged, laugh, cry, and maybe throw in some suffering. Traveling to another country is a great way to do that. But it's not the only way. I don't want travel to be a break from life, an escape from life. I want it to be life. And life happens wherever you are. So really what I wanted and what I learned was a way to live, a state of mind, maybe a travel mindset. That was definitely my takeaway and my feeling in that moment. You know, wherever you are, you can explore. When I overstuffed a large backpack 20 years ago, I thought I'd tour Asia for a few months and then come back to the States and that would be that. Similarly, when I decided to share my story through this podcast, I thought I'd read my emails, make a few comments, and then move on to something else. You know, it'd just be a, a quick read-through of all my emails and maybe in the final episode, talk about some things I'd learned. I couldn't have predicted I'd end up doing silly skits, ranting about meaning and purpose, reconnecting with old friends, and I released a song, The Dollbot Diddy. Download The Dollbot Diddy today, available at Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, and other music platforms. I mean... Good night, Kaosan Road, people. Episode 5. Check it out. So yeah, I did it. I told my story, and I got more than I ever thought I would out of it. So back to the question on the table and the subject line of this last email. Is this the end? 
No, dear members, it's not. Not at all. When I flew out of Bangkok after four years in Asia, it wasn't the end of my travels and adventures, not by any stretch. I mean, I'm not keeping pace with Justin, who is on his way to setting foot in every country on earth, and I don't know if I ever will. Though I have been fortunate to have traveled to a number of incredible places in the world in the past two decades, my adventure and exploration isn't always about getting on a plane. Sometimes it's a new city or town in my own country. I mean, hey, long cross-the-USA road trips are awesome. And sometimes it's diving into some new field or some job or an industry which I previously had no connection. Going all in, exploring, discovering, learning, growing. And all the blood, sweat, and tears that any new endeavor involves. <laughs> sometimes it's starting a podcast. So my life has been more about trying to keep that travel mindset, that state of mind. Even when I'm not on the road sitting atop a Nepali bus, I want to be open, curious, experiencing life and on the lookout for adventure. In that sense, travel can take many forms. Similarly, so can a podcast. I've spent these episodes telling you my story, sharing my thoughts and feelings, telling you the good, the bad, the ugly of my travels, and, well, me. Of course, I told you the where and when and how of my travels. You got to hear about the who. But in the end, it's really all about human connections. It's about the relationships. It's about people. And of course, the why of my travel. I'll ask again, what are you doing and why are you doing it? So what's next? Well, dearest members of the J-Luck Club, I want to hear from you. What are your travel stories? How do you travel? Why do you travel? In Season 2 of the J-Luck Club podcast, I'll have conversations with people about their adventures and misadventures, whether they required a passport or not. Like Ava, for instance. Stick around to the end of Journal Extras for more of my chat with Ava. Stay tuned, dear listeners, and keep in touch. Now you definitely need to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know if you have a story you'd like to share. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and get on the mailing list. Because, you know, like the Swiss couple, you never know when I'm going to pop up again. If you have listened to this podcast, if you've visited honeyroastedtshirts.com, if you've bought a souvenir, if you've hummed along to Dalbot Diddy, if you're Matt Dillon, if you've traveled to exotic places, if you've never left your hometown, if you have told your friends and family about this show, or if you have ever heard me tell that story about the time I started a podcast and decided I'm not ready to end things yet. Well, you just might be a member of the J-Luck Club. Thank you for staying tuned to Journal Extras. As you know, I ran out of journal writings. I did have other writings, but my journal itself was done at this point. 
But I did have a postscript to my email, and I'll share it with you now. Optional reading. Er, listening. This is to set the record straight and at least have my side presented in a fair manner. On one of the final dives in the open water course, our instructor led us to a sandy bit of ocean floor where we removed our fins and were allowed to just play around. As we were all quite comfortable with our equipment, and we were being filmed and had a camera to play to, wackiness ensued. After getting our fill of flips, one-fingered push-ups, and matrix crouching dragon-style impossible kick-flip-around double-kick-again battles, the time had come, as planned, for a foot race. This is the race, and what may, or may not, have happened that I should like to address. Without admitting to anything, there is no solid evidence to support the allegations that I pulled off Robin's or anyone else's mask. Here are the facts. 1. If his mask was in fact off, as he claims, his vision would have been impaired and he cannot expect to make an accurate identification of the attacker. 2. Though several witnesses identified me as the attacker, as we were all similarly dressed, it's really hard to make any positive identification. 3. The only rules of the race were that we keep our feet in contact with the ground and we couldn't turn off anyone's air. Anything else was legal, so even if I did, which I'm not saying I did, it was nothing illegal. 4. If I did attack Robin, and I'm not saying that I did, nor do I even concede an attack occurred. Perhaps he took off his own mask, eh? Maybe he was framing me. Anyways, if that were the case, he should take it as a compliment that I, or the offender, the attacker, whomever it could have been, saw him as a threat. 5. The video footage provides no evidence as the view of the demasking, if it happened, was blocked by the Swedish woman who eventually won the event. Since I did not go on to win the race, my lesson, if I deserve one, should be that a cheater never wins. But as I admit to nothing, the only thing I learned, the lesson which I will now share with you is, I should have attacked the Swede. Well, Ava, thank you so much for talking to me. This was good. And like I said, we could keep going on and stories and whatever. Yeah, I didn't get the story with Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to refresh my memory. (laughs) Okay. So after we left Japan and went, you know, on our various journeys, Mm -hmm. and you did land in Lanta for a period of time. I did. So it was around Christmas after we would have left Japan. And he flew into Bangkok. We went down and we were in Lanta for maybe a week, maybe only like five, six days, not too long. But yes, we did come in and we saw you and maybe that's where we end this because you don't remember it at all. But what, here's what I remember. <laughs> and I can show you some pictures. So maybe I'll jog. That would not help. Now, but... <laughs> I think I have a picture of us dancing in some know, some bar club or whatever. So, Hence my memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably probably explains it. I don't have a lot of pictures from all those days because, you know, uh-huh. it's pre-digital and is that it those days. Was. But I do have a picture of us dancing. At awesome. Some... I would love to have a copy. Scan me, scan the picture or send me a copy of the picture because that'll trigger. That'll trigger my memory. Yeah. Yes. I, we were both smiling. So I think it was it was a good night. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> Chuck and I came down to visit okay. and we saw you. And of course, I hadn't seen you since Japan. So yeah. it, was, it was nice to catch up. I think that's the first time I was able to share some photos with you that we took prior to us leaving Japan. <laughs> Again, non-digital, so things are all, uh, you know, <laughs> offline. 
so yes, you had whatever community or crew of people you knew at the time, whether it was people who were passing through, other people who had met. And do you remember one of those people, her name was Julie, and you may not remember this at all because you don't even remember me being there. <laughs> so how about this? Let's let's switch it down. I'm going to tell you a story and just let you know you were there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Take the pressure off. Anyway, so we came down to see you. Okay. So here's the context. At the time, Chuck was like working for some software startup, getting a big salary. And 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 I tell you all this because he ended up getting like laid off like the week he returned from, from <gasps> Bangkok. But so oh, no. so he no, he's fine. He's all right. Okay. He's, he's, his life worked out. Yeah. But anyways, but he was there. So he's young single guy traveling all around the world for these sales software kind of things. Uh -huh. So he came and of course he he pulled me out of my Cow Sound Road guest house and we were staying at the Siam Intercontinental <gasps> room oh. service. <laughs> And so when we came down to visit you, no, you being the awesome, generous backpacking and, and great friend you are, we're like, hey, guess what? I'll crash with a friend. You guys can stay at my place. And you know, Chuck came down. He's like, no. So we got like some place on the beach because he's paying for everything. So I'm like, uh -huh. hey, I'm, I'm with Uncle Chuck for this trip. Uh -huh. So yeah, and we, we, we weren't there for that long. So we couldn't do like a dive course because neither of us dove at that point. Okay. But we were also excited just to kind of hang out. So we didn't like you were off doing your thing during the day. But uh, yeah. but but we, um, you know, we were just chilling, hanging out and probably would connect with you a few times. But and we did a lot of our own thing because you were doing your dives. But one of the nights we went to dinner and there was this Dutch girl uh, named Julie and uh, the reason I mention her is because then after that Julie and I ended up traveling to Malaysia and Indonesia together <gasps> and became a significant part of my trip too so that's why oh, wow. it would be great if you said oh that's so cool but you don't even remember she existed so I... and uh, the fact is I actually uh, reconnected with Julie a few years ago because she's back in Holland now and uh, so I like see her when I go visit there so I will make sure when I see her that <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, Ava, she's, she's like every day. She wondered what you're up to. Thank you. You're going to cover for me. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, I got Jay. you covered. I got Perfect. you covered. <laughs> All right. Well, then, then let's shift back to. So for me, it was awesome to see you because yeah. obviously a great friend. I hadn't seen you since Japan. And I, I like seeing you in your dive element because, yeah, at the time you were you dive master. You're, I was so happy. I think you talked about how, look, I've got arm muscles because you're carrying the tanks all day and whatever. <laughs> I did. Yes. And I remember thinking, I was like really happy for you. Uh -huh. Ava's in her element. I was so happy. That daily the stimulation, yeah. the everything's there, your awareness. And I, I could see that. I didn't dive until the end of my trip. Okay. I went to Koh Tao and studied. But when I did that, I said, if I had, this had been the start of my trip, I would have changed my trajectory completely. Right, right. So let me ask, do you still dive a lot today? I do. I am actually going this Sunday. Um, and then I just booked, I'm going to take my first vacation in a week and a, in a year and a half, right? Because of yeah. COVID. And so next month, I'll just be diving on the East Coast of Florida. Oh, nice. For a week, just doing charters and just enjoying being able to breathe underwater again. That is nice. Yes. And being able to breathe and breathe underwater. <laughs> you still have to wear a mask, but you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's accepted in there. You know, I should have just told Ava to listen to episode 14. To hear my full conversation with Ava, stay tuned for season two of the J-Luck Club podcast. Ava and I talk about the differences between living in a place versus just visiting, why you should take your retirement in your 20s, and what it's like to live in a palace for a year.
All right, uh, a little messy in there, but I like the guitar. My favorite part is they use one for the left, one for the right. Like it just, it feels cool and it's kind of highlighting left and right. And anyway, that's my favorite part. Uh, and then at the end, the please use pulse of steep descent. I'm trying to show the descent, obviously, but uh, let me know what you think of the pieces of the puzzle. If you don't like it, just let me know. I'm happy to try something different, all right? As always, thank you for staying tuned to Journal Extras. And as I've said from the very beginning, none of this will be on the exam. Stay tuned for Season 2 of the J-Luck Club Podcast. You know what? I'm not. Dun, dun, dun.